0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Progressive Outlook. This is your host Dave, and this has been a long week, so let's get at it. We saw something new from Wall Street that never happened before, where a group of people—it started from a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And just grew over time to day traders and investors who saw the stock again stop increasing. Now, the thing is, they took on a hedge fund that was holding it down and keeping that stock low without short selling it. And they ended up, well, short selling them out of it called Squeeze and squeezed them out of the stock and made a lot of money for themselves and everybody else who were investing on there. GameStop grew from a stock that was like, what, $12 a share, $8 shares, and it closed up to $325 on Friday. Now, the hedge funds tried to take back control. They even used Robinhood that's controlled by another hedge fund called Citadel, one that was actually losing money from them. And Robinhood, being a broker that shouldn't have any control of any listing, locked investors' From buying shares in a stop and other businesses that they were increasing. So, but they gave them the opportunity to sell those shares. But locking it is market manipulation. And now they got Congress and the SEC involved. And they're trying to investigate Robinhood. And they want accountability for what happened. Because basically, it literally was the concept of Robinhood. A load of guys, were, they were taking from the rich and giving it to the poor. And they were making money off of that. And even though the app is named Robinhood, it doesn't live up to its name. Because even though it's supposed to be helpful for people to trade easily with no brokerage fees, it's tracked by a big company, a big hedge fund that chooses that over the little people who are just making money. Is trying to stop them from actually keeping on investing. So what started all this is... Like I said, Wall Street bets were investing all a of, lot of their money and shares on there, seeing if they could actually change um, a stock that's been failing. And when they did that, they realized there was a hedge fund doing that. So more power to them. this was a crazy turn of events. It wasn't just GameStop stock. They invested in GameStop, BlackBerry, AOC, Nokia a uh, blockbuster they even ended up increasing Dogecoin as a meme stock that's not supposed to be taken seriously but yeah they invested in all these stocks and businesses that were just dying it had no point of like even being on the listing like blockbuster is like at liquidation but um, AMC actually from the success of their stocks because they had treasury stocks actually, was able to pay off the $600 million debt that they were in because of last year when they had to close down all of their uh, theaters because of the virus. And they've been struggling ever since then. Well, they paid off the debt, and they're no longer struggling now because of this. And if there's even more investing going on in them, they're going to make money back to there. So instead of getting bailed out by the government, they actually got bailed out by... stock market by redditors on the stock market that started this and they're not done yet and hopefully that they're going to take on more hedge funds and also one thing too is what the sec is that they're trying to see well not them specifically but folks want them to investigate and see if there could be a limit or a ban on short selling because hedge funds make money off businesses that fail or during disastrous times, all the way back to even before, but like 9-11, they made money off of that, they made money off of the housing market, and the crisis that went down, something that they actually caused to begin with, with Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae that summer, and now, here we go, they're trying to make money off of the COVID crisis, so instead of making money off of people suffering, they shouldn't, and what's happening with the wall street bets should be happening they should be using their money investing in businesses and bringing back businesses and supporting other businesses supporting each other and making money together as a group that's exactly what the wall that's what wall street should be capitalism for everybody of course it isn't because we're seeing now how it's pay as you play that's all it is and it's unfair that they're trying to squeeze out the little guy so that was a very no one's ever seen anything of this before this is echoing the occupy movement from almost 10 years ago the occupy wall street and it's just that again where people are just now they're just taking this fight personally to the hedge funds to those big money brokers that's just trying to stop every single step that they're trying to do so instead of just standing out there saying someone should go to jail they're just going to take their money and beat them at their own game and that was actually running all week it was one heck of (laughs) have one heck of emotional roller coaster watching the stock go up and go down after the hedge funds are trying to take over and went back up so the fight is going to be on when it continues tomorrow and we'll see how the rest of it goes and what are the stocks that they'll invest in. And also, they're using other programs outside Robinhood because, of course, Robinhood proved that it's uh, distrustful to use. So they've been using um, Fidelity, the Cash App, Chase Bank, <laughs> their bank accounts. <laughs> they're investing through there and uh, other, other programs out there that they could use. But, yeah, this is very interesting to see. Uh, It's a good thing that they actually pull the wool that Robin Hood is, and hopefully Robin Hood will be held accountable on there. I mean, we have representatives and senators from across the aisle just looking at what happened to GameStop and just seeing that these people, these retail investors, these everyday traders who are just getting excess money from the checks, just getting ripped off from hedge funds, and they want the hedge funds to pay. They want Robinhood to pay for market manipulation. They want all these people that's trying to stop these everyday folks making money to pay. So that was a great start, and we're gonna see where the rest of this craziness goes. As regarding the Hill and the security measures over there from the January 6th uh, sedition, uh, the riots that attacked the Capitol, um, basically, we learned a little bit more that we know, but it's confirmation for sure when the Capitol Police Chief uh, spoke to Congress at a closed door session on um, Tuesday about the agency's extensive security failures and basically quoting that there was um, a strong potential for violence and that they failed to take adequate steps to prevent what she described as a terrorist attack. And keep in mind, this is actually uh, Yogananda Pittman, I believe I said her name right, who's a Capitol Police Chief, after she replaced uh, Stephen Pittman, who was the inacting chief who Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, asked to step down, and he did along with the Senate counterpart. But basically, that uh, they saw the growing mob, and they did nothing to prepare for it. Uh, they have... Twelve hundred personal duty officers on standby, but that wasn't what met the tens of thousands of insurrectionists that overwhelmed them, and they didn't call for a state emergency because the uh, the previous Capitol police chief Stephen Sund actually quoted when he was talking to the Washington Post, just said that the optics. Of Formally declaring an emergency ahead of the expected protests over the presidential election certification just wouldn't look good. So they didn't want to get security measures in place just because the optics didn't look good. And this is what we led to. Now, one thing also I wanted to address was something else about the Capitol Police a few weeks ago, which was that no one took the black police officers seriously. This was years ago about back in two thousand and one when they filed complaints about the Capitol Police who were, while they're working there they were doing they're filing complaints about their coworkers who are calling those racial slurs like the N word and they found nooses unlockers and that white officers actually would call people Huck lovers or fogs. And fog is short for Friends of Gangsters. And that's what they called other white officers who were friendly with their black colleagues. So they're bullying even white people who are just getting along with the black officers and black officers also face unprovoked traffic stops from their fellow white police officers. So one guy actually heard someone uh, quote, say Obama monkey go back to Africa. So, and this has been going on for years there and nothing was ever taken action with the Capitol Police. And to this day, the Capitol Police Force is 29% black. And that's in a city of DC that's 46% black. It's not reflective of the people there. And again, we saw how they reflected and how they acted during the, the, during the assault. Where there was police officers actually taking photos with the seditionists. And uh, while we actually had black police officers fighting, trying to hold the line. I'm not trying to say it's a black cop thing and a white cop things weren't doing their jobs. But you saw where the cracks in the Capitol Police was showing. And this is what happens when things are taken care of. And there's no accountability where these cracks keep showing. So... Just on top of that happening. So what else is happening on the hill? A lot to go and hard to even begin with all. Oh, but basically, um, we talked about Laura Bober, how she's bringing guns to the Capitol. She was toting about it and she keeps sending off these metal detectors getting fined. But Nancy Pelosi has called for strong security measures. She said the enemy is within the house just regarding armed colleagues as security threats. And this is not an understatement about that because some people would be thinking, well, hey, well, you know, this is going to be an armed person, but, you know, they have their head on, right on their shoulders. Well, Inter-Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, someone who supports the wildest QAnon theories that you can imagine, and even beyond there. She has racist thoughts, against Black Lives Matter and that's just the little bit to go on about her. Her actions in the past have come up to light, uh, such as how she uh, harassed David Hogg, who's a Parkland school f- uh school shooting survivor because she thinks that was a staged event. She liked actual posts that called for the execution of prominent democratic leaders such as Nancy Pelosi. Uh, She believes that California fires are started from lasers emitting from a station in space that's backed by a Jewish conglomerate. So she believes that Jewish space lasers are shooting down at the fire at the forest in California, starting a fire, I guess, to divert funds or whatever wacky idea she has. And, you know, this is just the beginning of this QAnon insanity we talked briefly about that previously um but this is getting even crazier because this is someone who thinks this stuff and she is a lawmaker in congress so now put guns on top of that would you feel safe with that colleague will you feel safe with that colleague that wants your boss shot or you and not just that cory bush actually is moving her office from marjorie taylor Greene. Because Marjorie is going through the hallways on her phone, just rambling on on Facebook Live to her supporters with no mask on, where representatives and senators are catching COVID. So everyone is keeping their mask on and social distancing, but she is not doing any of those things. And Cory Bush just feels that being near Marjorie Taylor Greene is a risk of health to any degree. So, not just do you think she might shoot you in the head, but she just might get you COVID, too, while she's at it. Um, So, what's happening here to counter this? Well, Jimmy Gomez proposed a bill to get her expelled, and Jimmy Cooper is uh, co-sponsoring this bill. He's with him on this. And a quote, it says that she's a danger to the House and to the country, which, to no surprise, she really is, and... They're requesting the censorship of green and her removal from the education and labor committee that she's on. Uh, they're trying to get her removed from there because she has no business even being up there. But, um, hopefully it gets even to the highest degree that she gets voted 70 Republicans to vote with the Democrats in the house of representatives to have her expelled because she's a danger to all those colleagues. now, has anyone ever spoken out about this on the GOP side about everything? Has there? Well, the minority leader, uh, the House Minority Leader, um, Kevin McCarthy, said that he was going to deal with it by having something like a talking down to it, talking with it. He's going to sit down and talk to her. Um, this is someone who's insane. She's an Islamophobic, anti-Semitic, racist, everything, and he's just going to talk to her. Obviously. He doesn't care enough to hold her accountable for her actions, which is almost the theme of this podcast series, accountability in the government. We're talking about that every single week <laughs> because there's no accountability, especially on that end of things. It's just so crazy. However, today we did hear from a senator about this, uh, Senator uh, Rob Portman. That his colleagues just stand up against her, and let's listen for ourselves what he had to say. This is about Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, as you know, believes uh, the dangerous QAnon conspiracy theories. She spread anti-Semitic conspiracies, claims school shootings are false flag operations, and so on. Um, she has so far faced zero repercussions from uh, what she has has said and the ideas that she is is spewing. So as a republican leader who does not want to be silent do you think that she should be punished or somehow uh, it should be shown that she is an example of how that kind of stuff is not tolerated in the GOP? yeah i think republican leaders ought to stand up and say it is totally unacceptable what she has said i saw a couple of videos uh, over the weekend and you know one had to do with with violence as as i see it And there's no place for violence in our political dialogue. By the way, there's no place for violence in our country. (laughs) I mean, this is something that we've got to get away from. So, yeah, I I, I think people ought to speak out clearly. I'm not one of the House leaders. Well, I assume that's something that they're looking at, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And, you know, I think that's that's the way to send a message. The the voters who elected her in her district in in Georgia, uh, you know, ought to be respected. On the other hand, when that kind of behavior occurs, there has to be a, a strong response. As well as Adam Kissinger, he's a representative from Kankakee, a Republican representative. Not too far from that. And he went to Twitter back on the 27th and stated that she is not a Republican. There are many who claim the title of Republican and have nothing in common with our core values. They are rhinos. She is a rhino. Then he tweeted out uh, Andrew Kaczynski, who's been covering her stories, just all the headlines he has, such as, Marching Taylor Green indica- indicated support for executing prominent Democrats in Facebook posts, videos, and likes in 2018, 2019. One post from 19, Green liked a comment that said, "A bullet in the head would be quicker to remove." San- uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, rep- repeatedly liked comments about executing deep state FBI agents. Another one is in a speech that she posted that she posted on Facebook Live. Green suggested that Nancy Pelosi could be executed for treason. Uh, And she also quoted about Obama and Clinton being hung. She said that the stage is being set. There's another quote. It's a crime. Punishable by death is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason. She keeps going on about this. I don't think she knows what treason means because her people actually stormed the Capitol. When I say her people, I mean crazy QAnon people. And she hasn't called them out. Just saying. And that was two so far. But um, Liz Cheney actually spoke out about her. Uh, had a representative uh, spokesperson speak for her. And she said, Representative Cheney has... Sp- spoken out in the past about hateful comments from members of both parties. She finds these recent posts repugnant, uh, which I understand that with uh, Liz Cheney. Um, She actually wants Trump to be uh, tried and removed uh, as well for his... Well, she actually voted for the impeachment, so she wanted him to be impeached, so it looks like she wants him to be removed, but she can't make that call because she's not a senator. She's a representative. But anyway, about that... um, About her regarding Marjorie is that yeah I'm not surprised that she called her out on it. But the thing is that's three people out of all of Congress, of the House and the Senate GOP. Only three people right now spoken out about it. There should be several people just calling it to the floor and everything. But they're trying to sweep it under the rug and just trying to ignore it. Here's the deal, all right? These QAnon folks, because you know we have guys like Mitt Romney that's totally against this crazy wave of, of Republican crazy like that. And then you have guys like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Laura Bober that's just wrapped up around this n- new Tea Party Donald Trump wave of nuts. So what we have is this, either they're catering to the latter people for future votes or they or the former want to remove them. don't even want to cater to those nut cases anymore because they see how dangerous they could get or how crazy they are or they just don't even like their policies and principles principles of of conspiracy theories of uh, i hate to say even on base claims I, it's all fictional really it's as if this as if all this came from a crazy fantasy novel about like drinking blood of babies and everything and there's uh child predators all over congress that's, that's drinking their blood and do whatever satanic cult is going on only deep state operate uh man just thinking these guys just drive me crazy now we have them in 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 congress so um hopefully that there will be measures to prevent more of these nut cases to be getting jobs in the government but on a, a lighter note of news from the white house is um Joe Biden, President Biden, actually signed an executive order um, about Harriet Tubman replacing Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill. That was something that Trump uh, actually tried to put down and it didn't want to replace, of course, Andrew Jackson, because Trump is a racist, seditionist himself. So um, a racist like Andrew Jackson is right up his alley. But basically... Things are changing, and that's a good change that's going on. Um, uh, The White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, said the Treasury was revisiting the effort, which was first announced uh, in 2016 under Obama. But like I said, the Occupier floundered it. So that's a good turn of events. That would be a good change there. So (laughs) Um, I would say that uh, if this actually does go into effect and we would see it being printed, um there would be no changes it'll be unlikely until 2026 we would see Harriet Tubman in rotation but that would be a really good change a really good draw forward and um what I talk about is actually acknowledging and correcting issues in history we cannot look at people like Andrew Jackson and think he should be venerated or he should be on our money and there are other people people of color who stand out doing good great things, such as Harriet Tubman, who should be on a higher pedestal and should be venerated. So, I like that idea. That's a really good turn of events. Um, It has opened up the door, um, and not just that, other things regarding uh, Joe Biden for reparations regarding the black community. That's something that we've been hearing about for a while, and the NAACP has been calling on for that, and Basically, in a nutshell, uh, from representative Sheila Jackson Lee um, from Texas, she's a Democrat from there. uh, She originally introduced legislation to create a formal commission to explore reparation options for black Americans. The president and CEO of the NAACP, Derrick Johnson, uh, spoke to NBC about this, uh, about the legislation and moving on. And a quote is, at the NAACP, we supported that effort then. We continue to support the effort. It's something that we needed and necessary in order for many, many individuals who have been harmed as a result of strict structural barriers to be made whole. And he also said uh, they like the Biden administration to remove those barriers, so quote, put in place by public policy. Uh, being equal is fine, but being equitable is a measurement for us at this time. Which makes sense as well with that. Um, we can move forward with that. We we'll see it go a little bit more, but uh, we <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. Reparations have been talked about for the longest time, but at least we have people, especially in the decision-making process, reflect us, people of color, uh, rather than back in like 1992, like back when I was first hearing that as a kid. Um, that was, yeah, of course, nothing like that would've happened then, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's a interesting turn that we see, but that's NAACP working with the legislation that Jackson Lee had brought up. I'm going to keep a close eye on this too, um, see where things have gone. Um, I mean, just working, just how the Biden administration announced that they're going to, Revive the push to put Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill, as an effort. It honestly, some people could just look at that and just complain, saying that's not actual, that's not actually action being taken. But it's a solid start for more things to happen, and not just reparations, but um, for a uh, support for small black businesses and the black communities. So we'll see where all this continues on from there. And a high note to leave this on is regarding, again, the White House, the executive department of the government, is that uh, President Biden fulfilled another crucial pledge, repealing the transgender military ban to ensure everyone who's qualified to serve in the military can do so openly and free from discrimination. Uh, This is a really good turn events. Uh, People can actually, well, transgender people can sign back up in the military a ban that the previous occupier in the white house put in effect i believe he actually put well of course he put that in there through hatred and anger but he couldn't repeal Down not ask still tell so he tried to marginalize another group of people as well but this is something that was um grandfathered in back in the obama era so that's another effect too that um why the occupier would have repealed this but that's over that's history and now we could get more transgender people. And on record, there's more than 134,000 veterans who are transgender, according to estimates from the National Center for the Transgender Equality. And transgender people have long served at rates disproportionate to their representation, representation in the general public, according to several other stories. But hopefully this will actually bring him more transgender people but just more people for equality and acceptance to be in the military because you know what when you're fighting in arms against the enemy um a lot of people will drop their bias and their i'm not gonna say their hatred and differences but they will drop what preconceived notions that they have about a person just for that moment of fighting together and they'll become bonded, you know. Like there's some good World War Two stories about that. World Wars, War One stories as well. But yeah, that's about it though for the night. And it was um, it was good talking to you guys. So this is another episode of Progressive Outlook. Again, my name is David. And if you guys like what you hear, go ahead, subscribe, follow, like. Whatever you guys are doing on your podcast platforms and listen to another episode, uh, I'll be signing off from Actually, before I sign off, this is a little bit of a recent history, but keep in mind that the Republican Party back during the Civil War era of Lincoln and everything before that was totally opposite from the Democratic Party that we have today because they actually flipped sides. So keep that in mind. Wherever people always, especially Republicans, always try to bring back this as a party of Lincoln. If Lincoln actually saw what they have become today, and shoot, if Southern Democrats of that time have seen what Democrats today have turned into, they would both like both flip their mind. <laughs> their their hats would just go straight to the ceiling. There, um, how that change happened was all about slavery and the Civil War and their. De- their decisions around that. And for the Democratic Party, it was a civil rights movement and Lyndon B. Johnson uh, signing the Civil Rights Act. But that's a whole nother time there. But uh, yeah, have a great day, everybody. See you till next time.